Again, I say, Happy New Year. Happy New Year! Oh, well, then we got excited today as we did about January 1st. Uh, it's the new year of the church, and as that happens, we are welcomed into the season of Advent. And the word Advent itself means the arrival of someone or something that is important or notable, such as the advent of TV. It was the day TV all entered into our lives. But the Christian church is not excited about the advent of TV as much as we are excited about the advent or the coming of our God in the flesh through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And it's this now and not yet reality. What I mean by that is last week, Christ the King Sunday, the last week of the church year, we celebrated and remembered and thought about the end of the world when Christ will come again. And so this week, the first week of the new church year, we talk about the end of the world. The gospel reading we just had, watch, the master is going to come back, be prepared for that day when he comes again. Because already at the beginning, we're looking to the end. Christ has come, but he will also come again. And so we wait. This is a season of waiting that draws us into that great mystery. Now, historically, Lent was not a season of, of joy that we think about. It was actually a penitential season, just like Lent. Did I say Lent already? I meant Advent was just like Lent. It was a time of fasting, right? Everyone gets, Lent comes up, they're like, oh, I don't want to give anything up, it's too hard. Advent was actually a season of fasting, and of even a time of confessing your sins. Now, you would hardly guess that with all the cheery music playing through the halls of our malls and the constant ringing of not church bells, but cash registers, cha-ching, cha-ching, right? We would hardly guess this is a season of fasting, but that's exactly what it was made to be. And why? What is the purpose of fasting? Fasting actually heightens our anticipation for what is to come. If you fast from food, if you stop eating food for a bit, that next meal is that much greater. If you've ever gone through that where you haven't eaten for a while, either by choice or by situation and circumstance, and you finally get that food, it doesn't even matter what it is. You're just happy, and it tastes so much better because of the time waiting before. And it's the same thing with this time of, of fasting. It's, it's made to heighten the anticipation this is what a bride and a bridegroom do when they, when they have an engagement period. And they wait and they, they keep themselves pure in order to heighten the anticipation of their wedding day. Now, we live in an instant gratification. We can't even do that anymore in our society and everyone's just like, oh, whatever. It's we have forgotten how to wait. If we just jump into Christmas, we miss out on this season of anticipation. We miss out on this time to prepare our bodies and our souls to hunger more for Christ than for the world. And we have to be very watchful of this because of how much consumerism has leaked into Christmas and how it's all about the gifts. And we're like, oh, the gifts are all about Jesus, who's the ultimate. We do that. Like, Jesus is the first answer, but presence is number two. And I do that too. We have to keep our focus on waiting and watching in the Advent season, we can't just jump to Christmas. We slowly go there. This is, why, this is why I think people are inherently mad that Christmas music now begins in July. It's a sin. 
It's a sin. I don't know where in the Bible, but I will find it. It's a sin. Christmas music should be played December 24th and 25th and no other time. I'd be perfectly happy with that. <laughs> it's a time to watch. So brothers and sisters, are we watching? I think of my kids. Uh, when grandma and grandpa or oma and opa come in town, we tell our children and they get so excited. Now, my parents live four hours away and Rachel's folks live seven hours away. So we'll go up and we're like, hey kids, uh, grandma and grandpa just left home and they're on their way. And the first thing they do is they run to the window and they press their face on the window and their hands and they smudge it all up and they stare. They will forego food, they will forego drink, they will even forego television, and they will stare. And they'll look back, they're like, are they almost here? And you're like, no. Well, I guess they're closer than they were last time you asked 30 seconds ago, but, but no. They're not almost here. It's still going to be like three hours and 58 minutes. Uh, and they will stay there for the longest time. We don't tell them grandma and grandpa is coming if they're going to get there after bedtime because otherwise the kids just won't sleep. They are so overjoyed by the advent of grandma and grandpa or oma and opa that they can't help themselves but be excited. They hunger for their presence. And that is what we are called to as Christians to do this Advent season, to hunger for the presence of God coming into our midst in the flesh, Jesus Christ. But what is our attitude about his coming, about his Advent? Sometimes maybe it is filled with joy, but other times I think we actually are kind of scared of his coming or his coming again. We actually may dread it because we're afraid when he comes, he's going to look at us and be less than impressed with our lies our situations, what we've done, and our past. That he will come and be disappointed with us as his children and just shake his head and say, no. And so some of us are actually filled with this dread or this fear of his coming. That we're not good enough. We're not lovable. But that's the interesting thing about Advent. That is the whole reason Advent is a penitential season. Penitence, the time of repentance, is to offer your sins to the Lord and turn from them to receive God's forgiveness, and to walk in newness of life. Yesterday afternoon, our confirmation students went through a service of confession and actually went through private confession with their pastors to prepare themselves for this Advent season. It's exactly what this is about. So some of us face it with dread, and so we need to repent. We need to offer that to, for, to Christ and be forgiven. Others of us may come to the season and, and have an attitude of apathy when it comes to washing for Christ. Paul in the epistles would say again and again and again, the end is near, the end is near, the end is near. And here we are 2,000 years later saying, eh, it hasn't happened in 2,000 years. What are the odds it's going to happen this afternoon or tomorrow? And so we kind of just shake it off and we fall asleep and we forget that this is a real thing. Two things about that. First of all, Christ will come again. Now he says, I don't even know the time. Only the Father in heaven knows the time this will happen, but it's going to happen, so be prepared. So that's on a cosmic level. But on a personal level, let's be honest about our own lives. We never know the last day that we are granted on this earth. We are unaware of our last day, but we're also unaware of the last day of our neighbor. And the call to Christianity, the call to Jesus to have communion with the Son of God is one for our lives, but also for the lives of those around us that we share it and radiate it. Last Sunday, my neighbor had a heart attack. Luckily got to the ER in time, but was kind of a wake-up call. You don't know. 
You simply do not know when that last day is. Life is fragile, and it's precious. So we need to watch, and we need to be alert, and we need to be receiving this gift of Christ and to share that gift with our world, too. It's so, it's so fragile. We now have a 16-year-old kid in our house. And we have to constantly remind another child under our care that you can't poke him in the eye with a stick or hit him on the head with anything you find or jump on his face. Like, like life is fragile. Every day this child lives another day, it's a gift. Because you don't, brothers, brothers and sisters, we don't know. Death and tragedy strike. So we cling to Christ. We cling to Christ and we watch for his coming. So that's what I want to, I want that image of us this Christmas season to be like pressed up against the glass with our face and our nose like all smudged up. Don't do that on the glass out there, please. But, But I want that image to be one this Christmas for all of us, to watch for him. Now the problem comes that when we start watching out the glass, we get distracted by shiny things. Right? All these things start flashing by and we're like, oh, when the kids are waiting for grandma and grandpa and then the fire truck goes by. They have forgotten or the ice cream truck goes by, and you're done. But it's the same thing with our lives. We see the Black Friday ads. We, we are watching the standings constantly to see where our team measures up to all the others, and if we still have a chance at the playoffs. Funny enough, in, in Wisconsin, I always love this. August was a great month, because in August, you could stop caring about the Brewers and thinking they might have a chance in baseball, and you could start focusing on the Packers. Now, for all you Packer fans, this year, this is a great time of year to forget about the Packers and to start focusing on the Badgers until a few hours ago. Um, And, yeah, I know. Uh, And then I can stop caring about the Badgers now because that's all done, and I can start caring about the Bucks. and about the time I realize they don't have any hope, the Brewers are playing again. And I can do this cycle year-round. And you guys, right, the Bears or the Notre Dame or the Cubs, or, we do it all the time. And we watch and we watch and we watch, or we watch the newest movie trailers, or we watch the new show that just came out on Netflix and we binge it and we do this. We're distracted. We are so distracted. We can't stop for two seconds and focus. We are so distracted. But this is nothing new. This is just humanity's history. We are distracted people. Isaiah says this. He says, Why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not? He's talking about people that are distracted and have just are apathetic towards Christ's coming, to God's coming. Why have you let us wander from your ways and harden our hearts? Israel, like all of humanity, is easily distracted. So they get to the promised land and they start worshiping idols and they start marrying people they're not supposed to marry and they start getting into relationships they're not supposed to get into and they start signing contracts with their enemies to help out against another enemy and it all becomes a mess. They might not have had football, but they found ways to distract themselves. It's like we find ways to distract ourselves all the time from watching and remembering our God. We are called to watch and remember our God. So how do we return to this attitude of hunger, to be eager and to wait, especially when the waiting seems to be so long? It's Eucharist, brothers and sisters. It's Eucharist, plain and simple. He comes to us every week to rejuvenate us, to restore us, to remind us that he is our God. 
All the time, he is coming back to us. Where do we receive true food? Where do we receive true drink? Here, Christ's body, his blood. A lot of times when we talk about Eucharist, we focus on the sending aspect. Be fed, now go do something about it. And that's an important aspect. But there's two parts of Eucharist. It's not just the sending, it's also the anticipation. Every week, you get to live a little Advent. When you have Monday morning, to be able to say, I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait to receive Christ's body and blood. So that we don't get to Sunday thinking, oh, the gas tank's empty, gotta fill it back up. No, we get to Sunday saying, it's here, just like Christmas morning, it's here. With joy and excitement in our hearts that Christ would come to us. And then not only the rhythm of a week, but the rhythm of the Eucharist itself. Why is the Eucharistic prayer so long? Because in waiting, we increase our sense of anticipation and excitement and joy. Don't fall asleep during the Eucharistic prayer. It's my encouragement to all of you. Stay awake. Stay awake for the 15. We will burn 15 minutes on a pregame show and not think twice about it. But 15 minutes to praise our God, we're like, is it almost here? Stay awake. Watch. Watch what God is about to do for us. Hunger and receive him now in this now but not yet reality. Because this is only a foretaste of the feast that is to come. This is only a small glimpse into the feast of heaven where we will join with all the saints in this glorious meal. Salvation. With our God. Right there with us. Watch. Because that is the final triumph of life over death. When we get to this Advent season, this time of waiting, we do not have to wait for our God with apathy or dread. We can wait with joy because we know God has taken on flesh for us. And so we wait for it and we watch. And sometimes God does marvelous things and our eyes get to see it and we're just like, ah! and sometimes he doesn't. And we watch and we can wonder, where are you? He's there. Keep watching. Keep watching. Even today, as we watch and as we wait, God is about to do a most unexpected thing. By not just coming into our presence, but allowing us to receive him. To fill us all in all. So let us prepare our hearts and our minds to take a moment of waiting and to receive the good gifts that now Christ offers us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.